Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Don't Be A Hero podcast uh, with myself, Forrest, and this little dude, um, Matt. It's me, it's Matt. Hello. Hello. Hi. Sorry, we are absolutely pumped to be talking to you. (laughs) Absolutely stoked to be talking to you about Captain America, the first Avenger. Captain America's theme song. Um, but it's a it's it's triumphant trump triumphant trumpets, isn't it? He's a captain. He's American. He's Captain America, fighting for the country. America, thank yeah. <laughs> what a film! What, what a film that is! That deserves its own podcast. It really does deserve its own oh. podcast. It deserves its own review, actually. Anyway, oh. yes. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another podcast. We are we're going to get straight into it because, again, we're edging ever so closer to the end of Phase One, um, which will then end on the first Avengers movie. But I'm excited. I'm so excited about this. This is honestly, it's been a delight to watch it again. It's been um, for me. Again, a, a, a long while since I've seen this one in particular. And it was one in particular I was quite excited to watch again. Um, and it didn't disappoint, man. It didn't disappoint. Oh, it, it definitely didn't. I feel like normally, or certainly for the first few podcasts that we've done, we've gone, you know, there's been gripes. I, I wasn't going to instantly say that this perhaps might be the least gripes in a podcast so far. Do you know what? It has everything. It has absolutely everything in terms of its origin story. It has all of the ingredients. I'm just like, I'm vibing through this. We are very excited. I'm I'm more excitable (laughs) than normal. We're just dancing, aren't we, right now? It's a brilliant film. We're, we're, We're that close to the Avengers. Just everything. It's great. It's great. Forrest. Yep. You know what I'm about to say, bruv. <laughs> I want to hear this synopsis. Let's go. It's 1941, and the world is in the throes of war. Steve Rogers wants to do his part and join America's armed forces. But the military rejects him because of his small stature. Finally, Steve gets his chance when he is accepted into an experimental program that turns him into a super soldier called Captain America. Joining forces with Bucky Barnes and Peggy Carter, Captain America leads the fight against the Nazi-backed Hydra organization. That's a lot in there, isn't there? They have packed a a massive punch with that. I didn't. I do you know what? That was more than I was expecting in a synopsis. I thought it would be quite vague, quite you know, you know, sticking it into the kind of mystery. But it it introduces Bucky. Bucky's in there in the synopsis. That's interesting, and um, mm. that's exciting. There's a lot to go. There's a lot to unpack in this film. Um, 
you you know in the synopsis it was talking about Captain America. So Steve Rogers is a original physical form. Shall we? Can we before we start going into the movie in depth? I want us to sort of talk about that. <laughs> what was that visual for you like? Now watching it back, now kind of things are kind of developed. I think in terms of visual effects. So uh, I didn't mind it. However, there is one scene where he is sat in the back of the car uh, next to Peggy. And it is absolutely ludicrous. It 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 really upsets me a little bit. In just in in terms of like with, you know we were saying there's not many gripes in this movie, but this is really the one and only main gripe that I have, and it is just how that physically and visually is represented in terms of the the weedy Steve Rogers. Yes, he's he's meant to look weak, and he's meant to look inferior at, but like there are other ways of doing it and i and i think the 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 dubby the double the body double that's what i'm trying to say the body double that they used just didn't fit with his head with his face and them imposing his face and head on on top of that body um it it, it was yeah it flipping three moves but still surely there must have been enough money there to literally just allow him to go on a massive diet, which caused him to be yeah. thin, and then go on a yeah. massive, you know, personal trainer six months to bulk up. Like, I li- literally cannot understand how that was not possible during the process. Well, let's be honest. So what we're doing here is we actually are already questioning Chris Everton's is his commitment mm. to the character. Because let's, let's be honest, if this was Christian Bale... Oh, yeah. He would have he would have lost hundred pounds and gained it back on for the role, mm. wouldn't he? You know he would have done that because he's done it in the past, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. He's done it in the past for other roles. But yeah, anyway, but let's go. Let's get straight into it. Uh, before we do, I'm doing a little bit of scratch beneath the surface, Matt. Did you know mm. this film was first in discussion to be made in the late nineties? What? And in the early no. 2000s, Marvel were in discussion to create this film in roughly, don't quote me on this, about 2005. So my my feeling is that Marvel actually wanted this one to be the opening film, thus making the chronology of the Marvel Universe make more sense. Whoa, that's huge. That's massive. Yeah. So is it we could have seen Howard Stark before we, you know, even met Mr. Tony Stark? That's huge. Because, like, if just thinking, if you kind of introduced a Captain American first, that would have changed the whole trajectory of how we probably perceive Iron Man as a character. Exactly. That's amazing. In terms of, I, I genuinely never knew that. I think that if I think it was probably a, a wise choice to not throw Captain America in first because I think it's like the Superman thing. It's like if you're throwing in a major like kind of patriotic dude who to be your leader, to be your protagonist, it's it's a difficult sell for some audiences. Okay, and the re- I, I think they. The, the reason why they got it so right with Tony Stark is that you've got somebody who is egotistical, who has, who is vulnerable, has vulnerability, has a bit of a checkered past. Um, and then you see this humbling kind of, you know, journey with Tony Stark and you don't, you wouldn't get that. And you've got that with Thor obviously as well. You wouldn't get that. And you don't get that with Captain America because he's so honorable and he's such a, he's, he is a patriot. You know, um, but how do we how do we kick off? How do we, we kick off? We this? kick off in the Arctic, um, which, funnily enough, uh, goes into first point that uh, feels in relation to Thor, right? Where do you remember when we went to the present day? Then we went back, uh, and then we were kind of like, by the time we went came back to the present day, we were like, oh Christ, we'd forgotten that there was a flashback. Exactly mm. the same with Captain America. So we start now, right? And by the time we return 
back to the present day, right at the end of the film. I've forgotten we even had this scene in the Arctic. Yeah. Um, I forgot. I completely forgot. I was like, hang on a minute. And then when, it, so when Schmidt and, um, when the fight is happening at the end between Schmidt and Captain America, I was like, Christ, oh my God, we're on the, we're, they're on the. It's in, it's in that ship. Yeah. Ship, ship, plane. Plane. In the Arctic, they they find the um the plane that Captain America had to nosedive to save New York. Spoilers, but obviously, hopefully, you would have watched this and while we're while you're listening to this, um, but so they they discover it and then obviously they go down, they go they sort of sift their way through and they get into kind of like the main hangar part of the ship of the I was gonna say again the ship the plane um and then they see. They kind of wipe it away. They kind of see through the frost. The frozen Captain America shield. Boom. Right there. And right there and then it clocks. Right? And that's and what I love about this. And I think in terms of like, again, now watching it all back, these guys know from literally sight of that shield who they have found mm. and how big that is. And the fact that Captain America is a synonymous character and person of a heroic patriot that's revered and remembered and honored you know in this in this world since the war mm. and they've, they've discovered him and then boom we kind of go back in time Let's, we go back to world war ii let's go to nazi germany um <laughs> <laughs> sounds good well we don't go to germany do we because we actually go to tonsberg norway which Ooh. Go on, are uh, you? Are oh, go on? You say you te- it. You tease me, Matt, mate. You got a, you got a little, got a little Easter egg. You ready to uh, lap up at me? Come on. What does that? What does that mean, Forrest? Tonsberg, Norway, rings a bell, mate. I don't. Know, you tell me. <laughs> I, I thought you knew, bro. Uh, I thought you knew. Somewhere in Norway. No. Uh, well, no. Tonsberg, and if we go back to Thor. Okay, so the previous episode we were talking about Thor. Now, in the actually in in the uh, cutback scene at the beginning of Thor, where they talk about the Vikings being taken over by the Frost Giants, that was taken place in Tonsberg, Norway. Tonsberg, Norway. There you go. Which is also, if we wind ourselves forward oh, through the Thor movies, is now the location of New Asgard. Holy shit balls. We we find ourselves in a full circle moment here with the Tonsberg and, and kind of understanding how important the location is because obviously what happens here is that this is the location of these mythical frost giants that apparently arrived in the Viking Age. And that kind of mytholo- mythology and the Viking myth- mythology is kind of bred through that and in there is being kept the tesseract okay now obviously the tesseract was once in possession by the frost giants so it makes sense that it's kind of been buried within this kind of uh, area and it's been kept there for centuries um and obviously what's happened is that nazi Germ- germany has discovered the location of the tesseract and schmidt arrives let's talk broadly Hugo Weaving, Palais Schmidt, Red Skull. What are your thoughts, Matt? Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. He, I mean, he, I mean, this is the thing, right? He is already by this point of the movie, uh, a very, very famous, well-respected actor and also badass villain. I mean, he was Mr. Anderson in The Matrix, man. Like, you can't you can't forget that kind of role. He, it's so good, and he's so good at playing bad people. So, like, even when this casting came out, even when knowing that he was going to be um, Red Skull, I was like, yeah, he's this is it's going to be great, and he is. He's great. His his villainy, his the way that he commands the space, the way that he's kind of he's very intelligent. But you you are also scared of him, you know. Um, it works really well. It was great. Incredible yeah. pairing with Toby Jones as Doctor Zola as well. 
I just oh, absolutely Toby Jones. I think is an absolute like he's just special. He's incredible. This is uh, this is another thing, man. I think in my notes I have put the casting is absolutely loaded. Oh, in this film, absolutely. The fact that I didn't even I didn't even remember Natalie Dormer being in it. Natalie, D- I know. Natalie Dormer just shows up. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's Natalie Dormer. She literally has a few lines. So good. So good. Um, um, yeah, yeah, so Hugo Weaving, fantastic. Um, and I think that first initial scene that he kind of comes in, it, it establishes the villain immediately. And you're like, okay. And, and what happens as well is that this villain has immediately got his hands on something that is... Uh, reoccurring that the audience already know about. We know what the Tesseract is. We know this. We've seen this before in Thor. Mm. So now we know the importance of what this is. And all of a sudden it's gone straight into the hands of, and what we're talking in the past sense, obviously, but like it's gone into hands of, 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 of Nazi Germany. So that's sets up the movie quite nicely. Beautiful, beautiful setup, beautiful setup. Um, and it, and it's straight away uh, when he refers to the Tesseract, he is on about uh, Odin's treasure room. This comes from Odin's treasure room. Uh, so we get that instant heart back to Thor. Really nice and early. I like that. I like that bringing in. Um, and then we kind of, I'm going to move on quite a lot. Uh, with, with So Roger's enlisting. Uh, he's tiny. Um, I've put, <laughs> he's I've tiny little put, Roger's. I've put, I've put, yeah, little Rogers. I've put little Cap. I've actually put little Cap is funny. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, little Cap is funny. Um, I like, I like that um, they kind of they tease the shield, and I, I love how the teasing of the shield has happened since uh, Iron Man. Um, I think it was Iron Man yep. two, actually, wasn't it? Um, I don't think it was the first time. It's when he's creating the new element, isn't he? Yeah. And he props up the shield. Yes. So they've been te- teasing it for a while. And I, I love that they they keep putting uh, Rogers in scenarios where he uses different shields. So he uses a bin yeah. lid. He uses a car door, I think, at one point. And he's like, just show me the goddamn shield. Like, he's waiting. Yeah, for it's good. So I, and you know, you know what it's going to look like. We all know what that shield looks like. Mm. But... Yeah, it's great. Great how it is. Tease it. Um, Bucky Barnes then arrives on the scene. Sebastian Stan. Oh, Stan, yep. Stan the man. Yeah. What a, what a, what a dude. And this, what's interesting, I think his character obviously develops massively. I, uh, in honesty, I think he's probably one of the most layered Marvel characters that we have in the MCU in terms of like the development of how he started. And so you see you know, where it all began. You see before the Winter Soldier, this is, none of that is in there. Mm. So I think it was really interesting to see how he was playing just the mate, just the best friend, Steve Rogers. And that relationship, that that bromance is immediately there in the scenes, which is great. Yeah, great. Also, handsome bloke. Very handsome. Very handsome. What a beautiful bloke. Then we end up, um, at the uh, basically what then be, what will become in years time the expo we become you know we see Stark Industries we meet Howard for the very first time we do and I I again I love the fact that we as an audience we are taking into the uh, the complex that Howard Stark created in uh past tense mm. so you see that kind of like that kind of or that kind of universal globe that's on that spinning and you know you can see that from the pictures you can see that from um iron man so there's lots of kind of like callbacks to that which is awesome and the fact that this expo is still kind of the same thing in terms of the way it was done in present day so it's about showing new technological kit showing you know we've got this we've got hovering car so howard stark shows a hovering car um that's in kind of testing and it hovers for about five seconds and then drops down and sort of breaks um but what i love about that scene as well is that he has his cheerleaders his women yeah. behind him and i was like that's again that's a really nice callback to how tony stark did it as well yeah, so, yeah. absolutely like great heartbacks there and and you know, showing Howard and Tony and uh, the development or not development of the Stark family uh, in terms mm. of you know keeping old traditions alive. And um, in that that little scene uh, is a cameo from um, a a actress who has a place in my heart, 
um, just because she's beautiful and an amazing actress, uh, is Jenna Coleman appears yep. in the in the audience. Doctor Who, Doctor Who, Clara uh, appears in the in the audience uh, alongside. I think she appears alongside Bucky. Believe it or not, yeah, she's I think she's Bucky. on a date with Bucky. Yeah, I think she's paired with Bucky that night, um, which is a good pairing. I think it's a great pairing. Right. Great pairing indeed. Um, but yeah, they are. So they they're on this kind of double date, and Steve Rogers isn't really feeling it. He kind of backs himself out of it. Mm. Um, he's gone. Look, you know, he kind of walks away, and he sees himself in a reflection of uh, a soldier. You know, you get those kind of things where you have a hole in the head, and you put your head through it, and you kind of see that. So he's in that sort of reflection, and he's kind of like off kilter. He's just a bit too short for his head to fit through this reflection. And he's like, "Wow, this is the epitome of how I'm feeling right now." All he wants to do is enlist to do his bit. He wants to serve his country. Everybody else around him is. He's like, I have nothing other than this need to 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 serve and protect. And he wants to do that. And, and his physicality, his health isn't allowing him to do that, which is uh, a real shame. And I think actually it's an interesting start to a movie because you're like, I, well, in modern terms, you're like, well, there are other things to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think. But if you think back then, you can understand. Yeah, and I think I think you know by that point you're probably thinking, as enough having enough people around you said, you know what, mate, maybe this isn't for you, mate. You just come on, come on, come on, mate. Let's have a look at other jobs here. Steve, 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 Steve. What about going into being a masseuse? You know, there's a guy, <laughs> and a, a many years time called Bruce the masseuse, yep. who's going to be there. <laughs> To take on your reins, <laughs> he's gonna need some. He's gonna need some serious pointers because he's got very, very thick thumbs. He can deal with your nimble fingers and your <laughs> your delicate ways. Um, and it, it, but it's about this time in the film with Steve, tiny Steve, tiny Rogers, um, where I go. It, you almost feel like you're about to hear a comical kid's voice come out of him. Yeah, I really yeah. loved it. Hello, Bucky. Hello, and it's just ludicrously small, and it seems it seems to get smaller in every single scene as well. Yeah, he does. It's really weird, actually. He does seem to get in terms of his height. It's like Benjamin Button in a way. He's kind of <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway, he is feeling sorry for himself, mm. and lo and behold, we then get the introduction of. Abraham Irvine, uh, which is played by Stanley Tukey. <laughs> I think you're after there. Stanley Tukey, exactly. Stanley Again, Tukey. another fantastic oh, actor. Unbelievably actors. good performances from Stanley Tukey. And there are some awesome performances from him. Mm. Um, so he is the scientist that is um, on the super soldier program with Howard Stark um, and he sees him and he goes he is the perfect test subject to try this out and I, th- I think you know what actually whilst we're talking I think Stanley uh, and Dr Erskine it's brilliant because it, it, the character brings a slight bit of light relief that we don't necessarily get a lot of light relief in this film I think it's not it's nowhere near as like deeply serious and in on itself as Thor is. But I do think there is an argument that well there is no like if you look at Marvel comedy, it is very, very short in this film. If if any, if there's any remotely like out there comedic, do you know what I mean? So I think it's brilliant. Uh, Stanley brought a little bit of light relief. And it wasn't a comedy character, but I do think it was entertaining his scenes. Absolutely. So, Dr. Abraham Erskine, we meet. Uh, he is in the little ward that uh, Mr. Rogers is waiting in. He appears out of mm-hmm. nowhere, introduces himself uh, as being part of the strategic scientific research, says that he's German. I thought, well, I actually love that exchange because obviously uh, you put yourself in a position of Steve Rogers. If someone's come in and they're German, in that time and in that place, 
your people aren't going to look favorably to Germans at all. No. Right? Um, no. So, uh, so for him to come in and say he's German, there was a really wonderful bit of acting there. Um, to uh, I, and there, I think there was a little piece of dialogue about it as well, but it was just Stanley uh, Stanley's acting to basically acknowledge to Steve, look, you know, I'm, I might be German, but I'm I'm not mm. I'm not an arsehole. Mate. Uh, Do you know what I thought you meant, Stanley? And I was like, Stanley was not Abraham Irvine. And then all of a sudden, I had thoughts and images of Stanley playing that role, and I thought, wow. What a cameo! <laughs> what what an unrated actor! He, I mean, he's, he's amazing. He just come in. Uh, he's come back from gamma radiation, and now he is a scientist. <laughs> That's the MC. Classic Stanley. Uh, no, Great. Stanley. So, Stanley uh, Tucci. Tucci, yes. Tucci, Mr. Tucci uh, comes in, Mr. Tucci. Uh, I, I love that scene. I am. Um, can I just piggyback on what you're saying? I'm um, absolutely. I think I am. Um, really think the scene that they have together is quite understated in terms of its text and the way it's put together in the lines. It's a really lovely bit as well before they kind of go into the next scenes where they uh, have a toast of alcohol. And then uh, Abraham takes the drink away from Steve Rogers and goes, yeah, he goes, you can't drink. You, you've got the procedures tomorrow. And he's like, oh, we'll have a, we'll have a drink after the successful uh, procedure. And he's like, no, no. Well, why drink tomorrow? We'll drink now. I'll take a drink. I'll drink it now. And it's just great. It's just, just some brilliant act. I mean, I can't emulate it. I can't emulate the Stanley Tucci acting, but the one you sat tried. The one you sounded Russian. But uh yeah, we'll gloss that we'll gloss over we'll gloss over that. Uh Kevin, 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 Kevin. Just strike that. Just strike that, mate. You didn't see that. Okay. Mr. I can do Russian. I can do it. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, yeah, and then we are introduced, my friend. It's time to talk, Peggy Carter. Peggy Carter. Let's bring um, in Haley Atwell, my friend. So with with Haley, right? Uh, um, and I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go straight into this. Not Haley Peggy Peggy Carter is who I'm referring to, but um, I don't think it's the actual storyline. Right, and the, and what we what we have to believe in, as <laughs> you're like, what's happening? Uh, sorry, mate. I just I gulped my whiskey. Yep, and it went up my nose a little oh. bit. I see, Matt. I'm gonna Matt. I'm gonna go in again. I'm gonna go in again. I'm going in for a second tipple just because just because I want to. That's it. <laughs> no other reason. Anyway, oh fuck, I dropped things. Right, uh... carry, sorry, sorry, sorry. Carry on. No. I really, I really introduct. I was the worst podcasting assistant. That, that's then. absolutely. I, I'm so sorry. So, Peggy Carter actually is very similar in this film, right? The story very similar to Jane in Thor, right? Except, and um, hang on, let me let me clarify that. Not the same. Yeah, I'm interested. Not the same story. Obviously, not the same story. Completely different story. Completely different characters. But we are expected to believe that in a short amount of time, she's got quite the soft spot for our good friend, good friend Steve Rogers, uh, and then to to the point where Steve Rogers is carrying her around in a locket, uh, and is basically love there, isn't there? By the end of the film, right? Similar esque mm-hmm. in the fact that uh, Thor comes down to Earth, Jane within almost minutes falls in love with Thor, uh, and then at the end we have that overly ludicrous romantic scene, right? So interesting you say, because now now you're saying it, and I'm thinking it back, and I'm like, yeah, it is similar. And then do you mean in terms of, like, the fact that Jane is a brilliant scientist and uh, Carter is equally ridiculously intelligent but also a really wicked awesome badass agent Mm. and then all of a sudden that is undermined by this immediate romance exactly to a protagonist exactly exactly and it it very much feels the only thing and i and because it felt different in captain america because i was like actually you know what i can i can buy in the reason i could buy in is that thor we are expected to believe that the contents of that film, when they are in, uh, uh, when they're on Earth 
and it's and it's skipped back to modern day. You are expected to believe that all of that action and all of that love is generated within a day or a couple of days. Yeah. What compared to Captain America, where there is a lot of days passing, weeks, potentially months passing, right? Mm-hmm. So I can, to an extent, understand Peggy's scenario much more than Jane's. However, You're right. I would say to Marvel, calm it down. We don't need a romance for every leading lady. Do you know what I mean? It's really interesting. It's it's kind of like I understand. I, I think the way it was written in Captain America wasn't wasn't bad. Mm. It just didn't. And again, I don't know if this is because now we know Captain Carter more as a superhero, as a layered character, as a, a, a badass other than having a romantic relationship with Captain America, mm. it, it maybe it maybe it, it it disjoints our perception of how we see Captain Carter now, maybe. I don't know. Mm. But moving on, um, we do get this scene. We get this kind of enrollment into the army. Uh, we have the introduction of Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, I'm so oh glad my... you mentioned that, mate. God, Tommy flipping Lee Jones, bro. I would have been an absolute... Like, first time I saw this, I must have just been screaming men in black in my head i must oh, i would have been singing men in black dancing to men in black thinking about men in black um that men in black introduced me to tommy Lee jones men in black introduced me to the cinema it, uh, iconic film that will never leave my memory mate it's he is a brilliant actor and he is actually so good in this film and again i'm like oh it's, it's against the obadiah syndrome mate i i want i want more mm. I want more from this character. Um, he has a really good role in here. He, he's in a fair few scenes and he's integral to the plot as well towards the end. Um, but yet he's he's the general. He's the general of the camp and he's enrolling his new battalion. Um, and Steve Rogers is part of that. It's a wonderful scene in terms of uh, Steve Rogers. There's a moment where he throws a dodgy, gr- a, 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 dodgy, a dummy grenade mm. um, down and Steve Rogers immediately dives over it in protection of his soldiers and everybody around him and everybody else around in his battalion uh, runs away. And this was at the point where Abraham was trying to back up to uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character that he is the right person for the super soldier serum. And there we see it. We see proof that he is, he is a patriot. He will, he will die for the cause. And what's and there's a little moment as well, in particular in that bit that I saw, Agent Carter equally also goes to dive on top of that um, grenade um, just before Steve Rogers goes for it. So they equally were doing the same thing. Mm. And I think that kind of, you know, blends quite nicely into what happens in the what if realm as well with Captain Carter becoming Captain America. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Kind of what happens next is is the is the day is the day of uh, Captain America. Well, well, Steve Rogers becoming Captain America. Um, so he goes in. We see Howard Stark. We see uh, Abraham Irvine in the um, in the lab. Uh, Captain Carter's there, but also they have a bunch of watchers kind of over, kind of like a few floors, and they can see through a screen. And uh, you see an anonymous Richard 
Armitage, uh, of whom I saw uh, on the stage as well once in a production of The Crucible oh, when he was John Proctor. What a beautiful play. What a beautiful play. Mm. I, um, mm. This is where I've got to immediately come in with uh, someone hilarious that I uh, put in my notes. Um, so clearly I'd forgotten this scene quite dramatically. And I uh, <laughs> put right at the start of it, I put small Richard Armitage cameo. I, I, and I've put weird casting. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he was bigger than that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's 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 he's a really small villain. Basically, what happens is obviously we'll just kind of we'll go through the motions now in terms of the uh, uh, Captain Steve Rogers gets into the this kind of like weird kind of like nuclear tube it looks like almost, um, and they give him a shot of penicillin. Now apparently, that is a key thing in terms of the Super Soldier program. Now obviously, the first time they tried out the Super Soldier program was on Schmidt, and it went wrong, and he became Red Skull. Okay, and had all these bad side effects. Now. What happened is that Steve Rogers was given penicillin before going and being injected with all these super soldier serums. And apparently the theory is, is that this penicillin mm. is what made it successful. Is that in terms of it, it kind of cocktailed together the right ingredients for him to not have adverse effects like Red Skull did, but, apparently. But I would dispute that because within the contents of this movie... Uh, Dr. Abrahams uh, says that the Schmidt, it, it didn't. It's not that it went wrong. It's that he had he had bad in him, which meant that it, the bad was uh, was it, um, was doubled or whatever or whatever the best word is, you know, multiplied, which created him to be an even worse version of himself. Right, mm. and hence why he wanted someone like Rogers, who only had good in him, um, so that you know this when when these tests were were forgone, that he came out the other side being ultra good, you know, and, and uh, someone nice. to aspire to. That is mentioned in the film, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Abraham oh, mentions okay. it, and he said, "Yeah, he says you need to. It's it, he had bad in him, so he became worse." Fair enough. That's it. That's weird. That doesn't fit. That's quite a mythological kind of, you know, that gives me Moon Knight vibes in terms of Armit. You don't know about Moon Knight yet. You need to watch Moon Knight as well. And so basically what happens is obviously the, uh, it all undergoes world. This is wonderful, iconic moment now in men's health uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, where the, the Steve Rogers is revealed to then become not the so so much weedy Steve Rogers we know to now the absolutely unbelievably ripped and buff Captain America, all oiled up. Apparently, he got quite sweaty in there. Didn't know. Yeah. Didn't know it was a sweaty kind of thing. Uh, but they oiled him up, and his his honestly his pecs are so flipping big. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but it's it's iconic. It's a in terms of like men's health, I think it kind of drove a lot of kind of like, oh, you want to get the Captain America kind of physique, blah, 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 blah. You know, and it kind of maybe upped a level in terms of like how superheroes are physically depicted in, in Marvel. It's kind of, kind of what happened to me and you, Matt. I mean, you know, look at, yeah. got, you know, people call us Chris Evans when we're out and about. Yep. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I mean, it's not an easy life, but, you know, mm. I had two mini roles before we started uh, this podcast, and that has done me well for my six pack. Eight pack, sorry, eight pack. Uh, oh, absolutely love the yep. mini role, mate. Um, so, yeah, during the. Uh, so, after this, uh, we, we find out that Richard Armitage is a dodgy one, um, working for Hydra. Uh, and. Captain America uses car door as a shield. Every possible shield except <laughs> the shield is what I'll put him on. So in terms of like winding forward, Captain America, he's obviously taken out Richard Armitage. Richard Armitage takes a cyanide pill inside his mouth and then... Um, uh, it, it kind of he gets recruited to be in this kind of musical theater show uh, to recruit the army, and we have this whole montage of time moving forward, where he's you know Captain America is becoming really popular. Um, we have the Stanley 
cameo during that bit as well, where we see Stan Lee. Um, am I am I thinking right, or is that later? It's later than that. Later, it's isn't later it? Than that. It's later, isn't it? It's later. Sorry. Um, and so we have this kind of like moment where Captain America is now being, you know, he's quite an exciting poster boy for the army. Um, and then Peggy Carter becomes a, not like resentful, but just a bit standoffish. Stand office. Stand stand off ish. You've you've <laughs> honestly got to stop with the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he becomes standoffish. Yeah, yeah, that's what he. What, beca- yeah, what she becomes. Yeah. It just so when Captain America becomes kind of quite famous or quite a, like like a local hero, there's a moment and it's really short. Uh, I think it might just be outside the theater. There's a woman that says hi to Captain America. Now it's uh, apparently I don't know if it's the actress's name or the character's name. It says Laura Haddock. Now this is something that I found in terms of an Easter egg, a theory as well, is that that is potentially that woman. That says hi to Captain America and is quite flirty to Captain America is Star Lord's grandmother. What on earth? I I I don't know whether that's true or not, or whether it's, you know, two listeners. If you have heard that theory, email in and confirm that with me. Or is that just is that just me hearing stuff through watching too many Easter egg videos? Even if that's correct, what on earth does that add to anything? Star Lord's grandmother. I'm like, it's weird, right? That is a, uh, a very bizarre. Anyway, history. he gets famous, right? He gets famous, but like then this is a moment where Tommy Lee Jones um, uh, is there, and he, and Captain America's like, look, I can't really take this anymore. I'm, I feel like uh, he, you know, Captain America's really good drawings. Apparently, he's a really good artist. And he wrote a little monkey, drew a little monkey on a bike, and he went, "This is me. I'm the monkey talking about America, and I'm on the bike." doing everything you're telling me to do mm. i've come here you've given me the super soldier serum i'm here to fight give me and he's like oh okay cool so there's this rescue mission and then it's obviously he then hears that there's a prisoner war camp and he hears uh bucky's battalion that are currently uh imprisoned mm. by hydra um and then here we go starts the rescue mission of uh saving bucky and comrades as well. And at this point, we meet Duke uh, Dugan, good old Dugan, yep. who's leading a little resistance. Um, and yeah, Captain America goes in. We see uh, so Stephen Rogers finds uh, finds our good old friend Bucky. Bucky's alive, uh, and then Stephen Rogers takes an almighty jump, a leap of faith to cross. Oh, it's amazing. to his friend Bucky. Is he dead? Is he dead? Of course he's not dead. He arrives seconds later. <laughs> Literally seconds later. <laughs> I didn't even try to tease that for about 10 minutes. No, no, it was quite... It was an interesting choice. I don't know why they did that, but yeah. He could have literally just crossed, met Bucky, and they could have done the same scene straight after. Li- literally. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, he emerged... He, uh, Captain America and all of the... Uh, the prisoners arrive behind him to rupturous applause by the army. Oh, yeah. Absolute. Everyone's going fucking insane. Uh, bloody hero, mate. Hero. Bloody hero. At which point we then cross. Now, I'd, I, we would need to talk about this. Stan, this is where Stanley's cameo comes in at this point, right? What is going on? So there, we got, we're not hot back to, um, uh, hot back to America. We're not in America, are we, at this point? Can't be in America. It's full no. of snow. Right. Um, we yeah, and we hop back to America to some weird thing that he should have showed up at. And Stan Lee's in the audience. Yeah, it's weird. I again, I don't know if it was just thrown together quite quickly. Mm. Maybe for Stanley, like oh, Stan, your stand's on set today. Oh crap, we need to get him in a cameo. I'll just get him to say this line, get him to the scene. You know, just get him in there. So. Yeah. Let's go to the tr- let's go to the train bit. So basically, they they uh, once they've got their prisoner wars back uh, home, they then do to the go to the final main mission of taking down Schmidt, mm. and they try and intercept a cargo um, that uh, has all the equipment, all the weapons, all the stuff that Schmidt needs to uh, move his plans and schemes further. Um, 
basically what happens is a pretty good combat scene. There's a pretty good sequence in terms of like train fighting sequences go. Obviously, we've had a fair few in superhero movies. Um, there is then all of a sudden um, a moment where Bucky kind of, you know, sacrifices himself in in protection of Captain America. And it kind of goes sideways and descends from this uh, crevice yeah. um, into the into the ground, it's kind of the last of we see of Bucky, and and I actually have memories. I genuinely do have memories of watching that for the first time. Uh, I think I saw this. I think I saw this movie in a cine world. I think, but I, it was. Um, I, I genuinely thought he was dead yeah. at that point. Yeah. And I think the way that they obviously move the film forward is that you do generally need nobody really knew about the Winter Soldier program, obviously back in 2011. So yeah. that was that was right there. And then I was like, oh, okay, he's done, he's dead. Uh, so he does. We think he's dead. Bucky's died. Um, and then all of a sudden, we then go to a kind of um, uh, we, well, well, we see um, Thingy get captured. Um, Toby Jones gets captured, doesn't he? Yeah. In within that kind of sequence. Um, and then we have this kind of like interrogation scene with Tommy Lee Jones and Tommy Jones. And I think that's that's a pairing made in heaven, acting heaven. Beautiful. They're actually Absolutely great. Beautiful. And, they, and they genuinely do have the rip-roaring scene in there where Tommy Lee Jones um, comes in with a wonderful, wonderful steak. Now, I'm no meat eater, oh, but that steak looked flipping amazing. Absolutely incredible. And it's just the way he eats it as well. Uh, oh. Honestly, I'd watch that. I'd watch that for two hours, man. Um, so we kind of get into a moment where we go back to London and there's a pub that's been blitz, that's been taken out. Um, and Captain America that is there mourning and trying, and he's having a drink, isn't he? You're looking at me like I've moved way too far forward. He's having a drink. No? He's having a drink. Is he having a drink? He's having a drink, and he says he says he then he then reveals to Peggy that he can't get drunk. He said one of the backs, one of the. Um, I'll be sure. I've, I think because I'm pretty sure it goes from train to car catches plane, and then he ends up on the plane, and then we're at the end game of the film. Is the drink not a long? No, because he because he he mourns. He, he's talking about the loss of Bucky with Peggy, and then he goes back to to then. Uh, finish the job yes i think yeah i think he does and then they go and take him out and they because they that, that's that that's when they try and plot and go what are we going to do how are we going to do this we can't just knock on the front door and he goes that's exactly what we're going to do and then we cut straight to the action and he's on his motorbike and then you see all the hydra agents catching him and it's kind of like this weird because they're going through the forest and it's just like weird of return of the jedi kind of like feel to it actually mm. um and yeah, we get to the end game. We get to the kind of big battle with Schmidt um, and uh, Captain America. Now, in terms of final sequences go, mm. what are your thoughts on that? Amazing. Absolutely fa uh, fabulous final sequence. Um, I think the uh, car catching up to a plane was quite a sight to behold. Um, I absolutely loved the... Like the kind of revelation uh, or the realization once Captain America goes on the plane and he sees all the bombs headed, you know, with their little private drivers, um, uh, and then we have that little scene. Then we go into the Schmidt and Cap uh, Captain America, um, tes uh, uh, the Tesseract falling down out of the plane. We're like, where the hell does that end up? New York? What? Ready for what? Right. Ready for what? Ready for what? Oh my god! Ready for what? The Avengers. But yeah, it's, I think it's a really good fight fight sequence as well. I really enjoy it. I think the fact that as it kind of like as they're in flight and it kind of descends down, and then we have this kind of like gravity kind of situation that's happening. Um, and uh, basically, what happens in terms of its um, ending is that Schmidt gets hold of the Tesseract as it becomes unhinged. And he kind of like can't control it. And the Tesseract kind of absorbs him mm. and obviously then takes him away and teleports him to another space in time. And we will see him again later down the line I, with uh, some other movies. I love see that just that seeing of space for a few seconds 
just, you know, I didn't even think of like Thor, even though we have been in space with Thor. I thought immediately of Thanos. Immediately of Thanos. Oh, absolutely. And I think because I, t- I attached that to Red Sk- Skull and, you know, the reemergence <laughs> of Red Skull. And I think, oh my God, yep. I can't. Like, even at this point, when I know in the, sk- in the scheme of things, we're way off seeing Thanos. But, oh, big time. you know, can I wait for him Again. to arrive on the scene? Absolutely fucking not. Maybe could afford some sort of maybe what if episode around Rod Red Skull. I'm just saying, Kevin, Kev, K Dog, K Dog, K Dog, you listening? Just a little tidbit there for you, my bird, my little friend. Um. Anyway, there's I got a gripe. I got a gripe in this final sequence though, as Captain America takes hold of the pilot chair and tries to, um get control of this plane before it heads to New York and cause any destruction. Now, technology in this world is so far more advanced than it ever was in our time in the 1940s. Okay. Ridiculous amounts of power that they've, that Howard Stark and other technological advances they've made. Why on earth then does their maps, their, their maps on their screens look so flipping dated why aren't they colored why aren't they animated why are they they're like they're weird you know the dad's army kind of like yeah sequence thing do you know what i mean i just go back and watch it if you can it just i kind of go uh that's a bit weird tiny little observation there but it's a bit weird mm. yeah i agree i suppose the technology they did have still had to be in the realms of possibility within that period for instance, if it was if it did have colour and it was a bit jazzy, then we'll be a million miles away from having screens, which wouldn't be a million miles away from having TVs. In in that case, Howard could have bought TVs and could have bought completely brand new, like different technology. He was he was remember he was he was at the peak of technology at of his time. Yeah, so big time. So, so I, yeah, but I do, I, I do, I know where you're coming from, and maybe it could have been a bit more glitz and glamour. But then again, I quite like that when we go, if we go back to the transformation scene for Chris, uh, for Mister Rogers, Steve Rogers, um, I like the transformation scene where all of the dials are quite old school, and you know, it's the same in that scene. And that, and if you and you know that that is all created by Stark Industries, so I think actually, yeah, I I I, I don't know if yeah. it's right for me. Fair enough, fair enough. I think um I think this scene as well as we kind of get to Captain America realizing that he needs to nosedive this plane to save many other lives. He contacts Peggy Carter, Peggy Carter, and Steve Rogers have these. Amazing lines. I honestly, I think this scene is so good. He knows that he needs to sacrifice himself, and he does it. And it, they talk about, you know, look, I want, I, you know, let's let's. We never followed up on that rain check, and they set a date for set set a date for next Saturday. You know, take me dancing. What if I step on your toes? And then all of a sudden, boom! Steve Rogers' voice cuts out, and Peggy Kai knows what's happened. And you know, we all think at that point. Captain America has died, and that is it. That's the end of Cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, honestly, it was quite a well-written scene and just a lovely little moment for Peggy as well in terms of her character development. Um, and I think beyond it as well, what I found quite interesting in terms of, obviously, they have to recover the Tesseract. So Howard Stark finds the Tesseract in an excursion to find not only the Tesseract, but also Captain America pipe there the captain of that ship goes to howard stark shall we keep looking he goes check another grid howard stark never stopped looking for captain america and i think that shares a little bit of an insight of how maybe howard stark idolized captain america a little bit Mm. maybe had this kinship with captain america in a way and tony stark maybe when he came along on the scene later down the line maybe felt the effects of Captain America and, you know, Howard Stark maybe felt like he had his main achievement was the super soldiers program. And Captain America was his biggest ever success. Mm. And maybe Tony Stark resents him for that. Mm. 
But anyway, we move, we move kind of then straight into the future. And this is kind of like a mid credit sequence, isn't it? In a way, it kind of like it's the end of the movie, but it kind of goes straight into kind of present day. And it it feels so it all goes a bit Truman show, doesn't it? So we hear radio, uh, radio that it would have been from the 1940s, a match, a game that was from the 1940s, so much so that um, Steve Rogers was there at the game, uh, which is why he knows that someone's a little bit amiss. Um, so, uh, and then he kind of realizes that he's in this fake room in the middle of New. Well, he doesn't know he's in the middle of New York, but he knows it's in a fake room. And then he punches his way out of the room, and he's in he's in New York, present day. Um, and yeah, he goes straight into the the city. We see the brand new lights and glitz and glamour. Um, but also, we see Nick Fury. Here he is again. Good old Nick turning up. He goes, you've been asleep, Cap. Exactly like that. Delivered exactly like that. That old bastard. That old wily bastard, Nick Fury. Oh, your bastard. Hey there, Captain America, your bastard. Oh, is is this Quaver Man or Captain America? Or even Laser Search? (laughs) Nick fucking Fury. Oh, what a man. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so, almighty exchange between himself and Almighty him. exchange. Absolutely. But like, yeah, then you know, Nick Fury says you've been asleep, Cap, and then he kind of I think Captain America takes takes it very well. The fact that he's been asleep for what, 40, 50 plus years, 70 years. Mm. 70 years. And um he's like, Oh, okay. Oh, have I? For that? Oh, okay. Oh. I was I was meant to have a dance. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the first thing that comes to your head, mate. Yeah. I mean, if that was, if that was Quaverman, how would Quaverman react to being frozen for seventy years? Yeah. I tell you what, he's got about. He... I've been I've been asleep for how many fucking? So, what? No. What? Seventy. What? And it was free. What out. are you eating? Quite just a, a, a very loud bag, very loud, very loud bag of quavers. Yeah, have you ever eaten a bag of quavers, Matt? Mate, honestly, I have, mate, and they don't make that noise. Oh, you've not had the right bag of fucking quavers, then, mate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you get yourself a decent bag of quavers, you'll be all the way home. Oh, anyway, let's get to let's get to the end credits, my friend. What happens in the end credits? Nothing. Can you remember? Nothing happens in the end credits. You missed the end credits then? No, I didn't. Right. Brother. This is... We need to talk. No end credits scene. What this film has is a is a trailer for Avengers. Well, you get... You get... And this is the thing. Now, if I remember back in the day when I watched this, because there was contention to this, because there really wasn't really much of an end credits when it came out in the cinema. Now, this wasn't added on until I think either post-cinema DVD situation. But they had a little scene where Captain... And they and they released this online, where Captain America was punching oh, that yeah. uh, boxing bag. And he punches it through. And then there's a little scene with Nick Fury in him. But then what happens is that they're... The, now they've been able to tie it in. They've put this online little snippet just in front of, just behind the Avengers trailer. So they did that, and then they did the Avengers trailer, and that was the end credit sequence, Captain America: First Avenger. But they're not that much in the in way of dialogue for Nick Fury and Captain America. Oh no, it's and it's kind of pointless. It doesn't really do anything. I don't know whether I don't know whether that was deliberately put together so it can be an online. Uh, okay teaser i don't know i saw that and then i saw it go straight into the avengers trailer and it, uh, so much time as part i just assumed they were you know the same thing i was like oh cool yeah. oh, brilliant we've just got but yeah it was but we get this we get the avengers trailer and it's everything's been you know in every character that's in the avengers has now been introduced so these this movie now can happen yeah. I, I but i tell you what i'd have preferred no trailer for the avengers mate I'd have preferred no trailer. It doesn't need a trailer. It's the it like it's bringing everyone together, mate. It, it, out of all of the films you could have provided a trailer for, this is the last one mm. I'd expect to see a trailer. 
Give me one for mm. Iron Man. Give me wet my appetite for Marvel films. Give me one for Thor. Wet my appetite for a little bit of a different Marvel film. You know, don't don't put a trailer for Avengers, mate. By that point, I'm a hundred percent in. Forrest, calm no, down. No, 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 just absolute pile of shit, mate. Can't be asked, Kevin. <laughs> you fucked up, mate. Don't put the trailer at the end of. And plus, anyway, regardless of whether I want a trailer or not. Don't put it as an end credit scene and then lie to me and go, oh yeah, we've stuck an end credit. We've stuck such a good end credit scene. It's a trailer for another movie. No, that is that is that honest. Do you know what? Actually, that's annoyed me, Matt. Quite frankly, you've annoyed me there, mate. Oh. That is a gripe that I didn't even realise I had in this film. Disgusting, this is a... disgusting way to finish the film. Don't tease. Do not give me a trailer and tell me that's an end credit scene. That offers no snip bit. For any other anything, no, 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 no. This is a uh, wow. What way? What way to end the podcast? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Forrest, let's try something new, mate. Let's try something new. Ooh. How many? How many cravers? How many cravers would you give this film? Uh, oh, I'll tell you what. This film, this film gets a whole bag of quavers, mate. This, this whole, is a, bag. A whole bag. This is absolute a fun fest from. I was going to say start to finish. Start and finish with the main film. We're forgetting the end credits. But the whole film is an absolute treat from start. Like it's just got every. It's got everything, mate. It's got it, yep. it's got um, backstory. It's got um, setup. Uh, a reasonable amount of setup. Not too much. Not too not lacking in it. Uh, it's got um, an incredible superhero in Captain America. Um, it's got an incredible cast, a great ensemble, some fantastic cameos, uh, inc- a brilliant script, really good script, um, and incredible story development. I- I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 quavers, that's for sure. Eight out of ten a solid 8 out of 10 quavers. And it is that good. And I totally, totally, 100% concur with your comments there my friend can you believe we are at the final movie of phase one avengers assemble is next and we're going to celebrate phase one and we're going to we're going to we're going to go into phase two with new energy with excitement curiosity um i cannot wait i cannot wait an alcohol problem uh by phase two uh too much whiskey consume um and we uh you know might be able to actually edit at a, at a successful rate by the by phase two I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the podcast for, for for phase two might jazz it up might have a different theme tune might jump up might be a different theme tune i might have a different mic oh i think i might invest in the mic mate you're gonna get you definitely get you an upgraded mic um yeah. get your upgraded mic and quite frankly Drop us an email because we want to do uh, an email specific podcast. So one of the things we we're going to do in phase two is shake it up a bit. We might we're going to start with there's some DC films that we've got to cover. Certain Man of Steel, if I may, um, we're going to we refer to. We want to do like I say some special email episodes. We're going to add which is, you know each phase to each phase. We're going to start adding a bit more, fleshing it a bit out, fleshing it all out a bit. Um, so do send us an email. Don't be a hero. Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts thus far. Let us know your thoughts about future films as well. You know, because you know where this podcast is is, is headed. So if you got some thoughts about Endgame already, I can send them in because we'll refer to them, mate. We will go Big to them on the podcast. Um, yeah, we will. It will help strengthen my argument because let's be honest. Most of the arguments thus far, I've won uh, purely on the basis that I've had one drink and Matt's had ten. Um, oh, Forrest, mate, this has been an absolute joy. I cannot wait for the next one. Here we go, Avengers. I can't wait to watch it. I don't think, again, I've said this, I feel like I've said this a few times now, but like I genuinely, genuinely haven't seen the Avengers in many, many years. I can't wait. I can't wait. I've, I'm going to get a big, badass bag of popcorn to enjoy whilst I watch it, mate. <sighs> let's go all right thank you so much for listening to don't be hero podcast we will see you again for the finale of phase one see you soon
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to another episode of Don't Be A Hero Podcast. If you have any comments, feedback or any thoughts, email us at don'tbeaheropodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other streaming platforms for future content. And to keep up to date on all things Don't Be A Hero, follow us on our Instagram or our TikTok at Don't Be A Hero Podcast. We'll see you there.